This week on The Good Brothers, we talk Super Bowl before getting into sports entertainment for Raw and SmackDown, 205 Live and Mixed Match Challenge. Also go into the archives and check out some cool stuff on the network. And as always, This Week in Ribs. After a brief stint with an illness, Nigel's back and the Good Brothers are back as well. Welcome to the show, Fridge and Nigel. Hello, mate. We're happy to be here. I've got Fridge alongside. Nigel, so uh, we saw, I saw you back on TV last night. I was watching some NXT. Yes, I'm feeling much better. Uh, you look like you were in good spirits, so it was good to see uh, you back. Yes, yes. A couple of cocktails before the show gets you all lively. What's, uh, what's your drink of choice? Uh, I'm, a, I'm an old-fashioned man. So the drink old-fashioned or you're, you're, you're old-fashioned? Yes, both. Okay. One of my coworkers was drinking those last night. I was like, oh, like Don Draper. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know anything about that. Not a Mad Men guy, huh? The U.S. and the, the U.K. were on sloppy footing in those days, mate. Um, there was, there was a British character that came over. I, I won't spoil too much. Did he have hepatitis as well? Um, no. He, he had some bad times, though. Did he ever have to ask for the night off on the second most important night of the year? <laughs> he, did, he did not. You think that's a good career move or a bad career It move? probably was not great. Not great, huh? But good well, to see you back. And, um, we had a, a big... In a case of the sniffles, and when the blood started running out of my eardrums and nose at the same time, you know, LeVec sent me home. <laughs> uh, so, a lot going on this week. Were you able to catch the Super Bowl, Nigel? I was. Did, who were you pulling for? I'll tell you, I wasn't pulling for New England. <laughs> no, those Patriots, man, they they uh, did you guys dirty in the uh, 1700s. That's right. All those, everyone from all six New England states is a cheeky bastard. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia is a pretty pretty historic town as well, so I can't imagine you enjoyed either of these teams, like most people, it seemed. <laughs> Both fan bases are human garbage. <laughs> Dif- different levels. I mean, you had people literally eating shit on one side, yeah. and then the other one just liked to talk shit, so I guess it was yeah, a little different. The other side is unfairly persecuted because they've dominated the league for two decades. Not their fault. Oh, Nigel. What? <laughs> Thought you weren't a fan. I'm just displaying me bias here, Peter. <laughs> I understand the plight of the, the New Englander. We we abused those folks 200, almost 50 years ago. And, you know, these this patriots, they're just holding on to the, uh, their brethren. I think the, Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia was also included in that. Yeah, but that was later. All right. Uh, so a good game, 41-33 final. Um, not I much for defense good. here. I wouldn't say good. It, it was, was a good okay. offensive game. Yeah, sure. We love a lot of offense. A lot of high spots, right? Yeah, a ton of high spots. Um, That McDaniels offense. Real real good there. McDaniels, that little bastard, the king of the swerve, man. Heel of the, uh, he'll move. It was uh, pretty bad. Agreed, agreed. Do you think it would have been funny if when, when he came... Came back to the Patriots with his dick tucked back between his legs, <laughs> asking for his job back. If Belichick could look at him and said, "You're fired," that he was like working like Pillman there, where uh, you didn't know he was going to end up. I know. Oh God, I miss Pillman. Yeah, um, it'd be great to be alive today. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a lot of guys. It'd be interesting if they were still around. Uh, I know one. I'm kind of happy he's gone. Well, I mean, maybe his family would still be around. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like he is you. I bet you Chris Benoit was an Eagles fan first off, but um, he could have left a family and killed himself. Yeah, I mean, he was a Canadian crippler. I don't know if he was a uh, Buffalo Bills fan. Maybe that's the closest. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I could see him as a uh, Bills Mafia guy. 
God. Hit that flying headbutt through a flaming table. Yeah, well, all right. So let's just say, like, which which fan base is bigger garbage in your mind? Eagles or Bills? Uh, I think Eagles. Do what, just because they're fans eat feces? Or? <laughs> I think Bills fans are, I think they would just hurt themselves. I don't see them as someone who would throw beer bottles at you as much as, say, someone from Philadelphia. Yeah. It, the whole, like, throwing a full can of beer at someone just because they're wearing a different jersey than you. Like, I can understand heckling. I have yes. no problem with heckling as long as it's, like, mostly good-natured. Like, you can be moderately abusive and, you know, it is what it is. You expect a fair amount of shit if you wear a, a visiting team's jersey into a home a home stadium or arena, whatever, right? Yeah. But, like, the... the I feel like you shouldn't need a helmet to, like, get out of yeah. there that you're not going to suffer a concussion. Right. Right. I, like, fucking second gunman on the grassy knoll popped you with the natty light can. Yeah. Speaking of concussions, Rob Gunkowski is potentially uh, thinking about retirement. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, I got to tell you something, man. Gronk lives about a mile and a half from me, okay? Do you think you get some inside scoop here? Well, I do have a slight connection that I'm going to keep to myself. Yeah, probably um, don't, don't get into names. Well, one of my buddies has done private security. Wait, is it Jinder Mahal? No. Okay. No. But one of my actual, like, real-life friends has done private security for, for Gronk, for Amidola, for Edelman. Um, and he is – I have to tell you this. So he was getting a jersey signed by Gronk at Gronk's house, which is, like, kind of close to mine. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that he has Gronk's uh, gate code to get into his house. Did you do you have him on Find a Friend, your friend? No, I do not. That would have been good I, to find out where he lives. <laughs> that's a very good point. Well, I know I, I know what street it's on. I oh, know where okay. the house is. But my point is that as soon as I heard that Gronk's house got robbed during the Super Bowl, the first thing I thought of was that my friend needs an alibi because <laughs> <laughs> he has Gronk's gate code. Were you with him? But, no, I was not. Uh-oh. I mean, I have no idea what he was up to. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, his face is plastered all over the news someday. Find out. Well, hopefully it turns out better than uh, crimes by other expatriates. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that man had CTE and he was a product of the Connecticut school system, I'll have you know. All right, well, speaking of CTE, let's talk about some of the prop bets I made on the Super Bowl. <laughs> so my favorite I mean, one... I made was will a player get a concussion and not return to the game and that hit. So that was one of my first wins of the game because Cooks went out very quickly. Dude, I thought he was dead. Did you? Uh, it did not look good. But it did not look good. It, 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 and the fact that he didn't even like he didn't do the thing with the hand where it moves or anything, and they went right to commercial. When they came back from commercial, that dummy Michelle Tavoya had zero update for you. Yeah. She was, every single fucking update Michelle Tafoya did during that game was about fucking Stefan Gilmore and Alshon Jeffrey going to college together. What about Malcolm Butler not playing? She mentioned it like twice. Yeah. There was no reasoning for it. Um, so my favorite bets were cross-sport prop ones I did. So I did Foles completions against Tim Hardaway points because Tim Hardaway sucks. So Tim Hardaway had nine points and Foles had like 20-something completions. So that was easy money. Uh, I did a Boston one. Tatum points versus Pat's first half points. That one was close. Tatum, 17 points. Pat's 12 in the first half. That's nice. Um, Westbrook points plus rebounds plus assists versus longest field goal. I had Westbrook uh, had 50. I think the longest field goal was like 47. Jeez, man, you cleaned up. And Mickelson bogeys against Aguilar receptions. Mickelson only had one double bogey, and Aguilar had like nine receptions or something absurd. Yeah, you had a pretty good game. Um, I mean, there's the usual stuff here, like anthem length and all that. Uh, my favorite one that I bet was the over-under on the jersey number of the first touchdown. Under 32.5, I pretty much went through every roster looking at, like, top offensive players, and I went with the under because of, you know, both Eagles' top receivers, Cook's receiver um, being under 32.5, and it ended up hitting the under. Um, I think Oops. Aguilar had the first one. Or Jeffrey, I forget. It was one of them. I can't remember. I, I think, think Jeffrey had the. First I think it was one. Jeffrey. I think it was a deep one. So yeah, and then they put they put his 
college roommate, Stefan Gilmore, on him, in case you didn't remember that they were college roommates. Yeah. That Should is Michelle Tafoya be blowing someone under the, the, the mezzanine trying to figure out the fucking biggest story in the history of the Super Bowl, like why the fuck Malcolm Butler's not playing? I don't think that's the kind of journalism they do on the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. That's a, let me tell you, Mike, that's how I get my scoops. So uh, a nice $150 uh, gain for me on this one. Uh, I, I have a bone to pick with you, mate. Yes. I believe I'm owed some money. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's uh, chat tomorrow about the fan duel. A McGinnis always, uh, always collects his debts. I, I don't doubt it. I know you have things to purchase with that. I have ways of making you pay as well. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I can, you know, open a vein near you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you threatening to infect me with hepatitis? <laughs> I might, you know, hit you with a paper cut down the back of your elbow. Oh, my God. Nigel. You know. Fucking playing dirty. Dirtiest player of the game is not Ric Flair. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, anything else on Super Bowl or sports before we go into uh, sports entertainment? No, you know I spent time with Ric Flair when I was in TNA. I learned all the dirty tricks. All right. <laughs> Can I have a moment? Sure. I owe the, the audience a mea culpa for last week. I just want to apologize to everyone for actually dozing off during the recording of the podcast last week. Ah, Jesus. Uh, it was too much Divas talk. I was I was pretty deep into beers and I stayed awake through the whole thing. Well, I have really no excuse for it. I get, you know, four to six hours of sleep a night. I exercise moderately regularly, you know, everything's gravy on this end. Maybe you hit that five-hour energy when you get home from work. I, well, as I mentioned, I've got a nice cup of drip right now, and I'm all good to go. All right, well, let's uh, let's get to pro wrestling. Tally-ho. And uh, we'll start with Monday Night Raw. So first question, where is this new Papa Roach theme song? Two weeks in a row, they've had it ready, and they have not put it on TV yet. I don't know why they're getting cold feet about Papa Roach. My my only assumption is that it's some sort of uh, Me Too movement, the thing that they have to get scared of. <laughs> I um I didn't listen to it. I saw that they had it like posted on their Twitter page of like, hey, here's a new theme song. I was yeah, waiting I, to just watch watch it live, but it's just a butt rock song. It's no different than every other Papa Roach song that's ever existed. What was the other Papa Roach song that they had? Was that I forget, they had one. Was it Last Resort? No, it definitely wasn't Last Resort. It was... I don't know. Oh, I keep hitting the new one. Oh, To Be Loved from 2006 to 2009. Oh, that's a lot. I think it was like... Oh, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're right. I do. I'll never give in. I can't play it for copyright reasons. I mean, nobody's listening. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What if someday we hit it big and someone goes back to the February 8th, 2018 episode? You think Papa Roach is like fucking vanity searching? Yes. Yeah. Listening to random podcasts to see if anybody's biting their music? iTunes has a filter that finds out if a Papa Roach song is on. Uh, All right. Is on All her. right. Well, we'll keep it. We'll keep it limited then. So, uh, so I guess we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll get this theme song sometime before the next pay per view. Uh, for the next pay per view, we did have two qualifying matches for Elimination Chamber. Uh, so these are the fourth and fifth spots in the match. Roman Reigns defeats Bray Wyatt, and Miz defeats Apollo Cruz. Um, not really any surprise in those two outcomes. Um, fairly competitive matches from both, but I don't think there was much question of kind of who was going to go over, especially with Roman. I had hesitance for a minute during the Apollo and Miz match. Yeah. I feel like, feel like Apollo's had, like, a decent, like, last, like, two or three weeks. I don't know what it's... Maybe since the Rumble? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's gotten a good spotlight. He's my dark horse pitch pick for the, uh, whatever it is, second, second chance. chance thing. Yeah. Hey, fun fact, uh, Ring of Honor's on Nesson right now, and... I can tell you, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Bully Ray is in the ring cutting a retirement promo. And um, I would, if I had to put the volume on, 
I think I would throw my remote controls through my TV. <laughs> You're not a big Dudley's guy. I'm not a huge Dudley's guy. No, not a big Undertaker guy. Not a big Bret Hart guy. I've got my favorites, and I've got my guys that I just think are sort of there. That's that's me. I, I enjoy the Dudleys. I think they're kind of you know enough and now. I think they're good to go. Yeah, yeah. No, like pre two thousand four Dudleys, I'm I'm all in with. It's uh, TNA Dudleys and last WWE run Dudleys and Ring of Honor Bully Ray. Yeah, the last run in WWE was not very good. And when they had fucking Dreamer come in when they were feuding with the Wyatts, that was hot garbage. Ah, Dreamer, the worst. Sorry for the the, the, the detour. All right, uh, so I thought the matches were both pretty good. Um, so the second chance one is going to be Apollo Cruz, Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy. And uh, Finn Balor, I think Finn Balor seems to be the most sense because Wyatt and Hardy are feuding still. Yeah, um, I think you could probably count both of those two out from winning. And so to me, it leaves Finn or Apollo. Um, I mean, I think it would be cool to see Apollo win. I think that he could definitely hang with the other guys that are in the Elimination Chamber match. I think he's, you know, athletic enough that he could be the first guy into the ring. The first, you know, the first pod to open, if you will. How about this for uh, booking? Apollo gets the upset win. Finn, at the pay-per-view, turns heel and takes out Apollo pre-match. Yeah, no, it's great. I feel like he's been hinting at heel turns, but I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I mean, just just by nature of being associated with the, the, good the brothers. actual good brother. The shoot good brothers, not the working good brothers. Well, I did hear rumors uh, on his mania opponent, so I don't know if that's going to happen. Who was it? Uh, the Miz. I think that would be good feud for both guys. I mean, you think it would be a six way or a six man? Um, no, I think they'd just be on the outside. I don't. I hope not. Well, I, I mean, you could just have the guys out there and they can brawl and stuff. But yeah, I don't think they need to be in the match. I don't think anyone's like, oh man, I wish Curtis Axel was in the match instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only good thing would be that the Miz would fucking dance if the if we get like six weeks of Miz promos at Balor. He's going to make him look really foolish. Well, I mean, you have the club there with him, so maybe they can help. They're going to – the club's range is not – I mean, I like them just by nature of hearing them outside of actual WWE when they do podcasts and shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, their range as far as TV goes is calling people nerds and calling people nerds. Uh, they, they say brother – do they say brother me softly? Brother me softly. Yeah. They're, they're uh, good. Carl, I have a fun fact. Carl Anderson has impregnated his hot Asian wife for the fourth time. Ooh. Working on baby number four. Wow, really just pumping him out there. Apparently. Jesus, Pete, that was a little graphic. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Uh, we also had uh, Drake Maverick make his Raw debut, so we mentioned him, uh, I think, last week. Uh, just to hype the 205 tournament, we had a pretty standard tag match between Cedric Alexander um, Mustafa Ali against Tony Nese and Drew Gulak, who I don't think have yeah. ever won a match. Have you ever seen that match before? No, I've never seen it. No, I've never seen that match before. Again, the fucking lumbar check from hell. He killed him. He did. I mean, is it the best move in the history of wrestling? Uh, it's good. I wouldn't say it's the best. <laughs> Come on, it's good. I mean, is it that much different for them, like a backstabber? When they've had, some people have done some great backstabbers. Codebreaker, backstabber—that's all the same shit. I like the backstabber better because you get them flying off more. I feel. Are you just saying this because that diva Sasha does it? Huh? No, I wasn't even thinking about that actually. Son of a bitch! How did I know that? <laughs> we'll move to the ladies, though. I've uh, exposed myself again, mate. <laughs> I don't I doubt it, Nigel. Myself as a fraud. Um, the Alexa Kurt Angle segment was interesting. Yeah, Kurt just kind of just took, took abuse from her. So, so I heard a theory on this. Tell me if you back this up. So Stephanie McMahon announces every single thing that's ever historic for women in wrestling, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Stephanie McMahon's not going to be, you know. Verbally abused by Alexa Bliss. Why not send Kurt out to do it? Why does she need to? Yeah. So I guess the storyline is Alexa's not happy that she has to defend her title in Nation Chamber when the men's champion Brock Lesnar does not have to. 
Kurt pointed out that she hasn't defended her title since like October or something absurd. Which is a 30 day rule. Yeah, fucking great job, fucking commissioner, giving her four months off from defending her title. He's an asshole. Yeah. So I thought that. I thought that was interesting. She just kind of just buried Kurt, and he just like, whoa. He, I think he forgot the name Elimination Chamber as well. He can't say three letters. He can't say the letters WWE. Yeah. It turns into dub 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 So, like, I think we'd sit in the bar, you know. Let's let's grade Kurt on a scale when it comes to speaking, okay? Oh, poor guy. So we have uh, two matches made for uh, Elimination Chamber here in this segment. Uh, the Elimination Chamber will be Alexa, Sasha, Bailey, Mickey James, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. And then there's also a Nia Jax versus Asuka match where if Nia wins, she's in a three-way with Asuka and Alexa. Plot hole here. Asuka never said she was challenging Alexa Bliss. Right. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. Yeah, I I didn't follow that completely, so I was just going to wait until next week to follow up on that. Uh-huh. But, you know, whatever. I predict Alexa goes over and Asuka goes over in those two matches. Alexa goes over and Asuka goes over. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think Bailey knocks Sasha out and Sasha snaps and murders her. And I, That's all I want in wrestling is for Sasha to destroy Bailey in a heel turn. Um, yeah, I, I don't... So, sounds... <sighs> Oh, sorry. What? Where were we? All right. Next up, we had Asuka against Bailey in a oh, match. Okay. Oh, no. Um, Bailey Bailey got a pretty good near fall here uh, at one point, but I'm. It's interesting to me that they're blowing through all these main matches for Asuka because they're pretty much having Sasha, Bailey, and Nia Jax all over the course of a month for Asuka. And there's really not that many people next up on the list for her after that. You think there's a move to SmackDown, maybe? There could be, or there could be a total shift between the non-champions after Raw between SmackDown and Raw. I would think or that after, they probably don't I mean. want Asuka on the same show as Ronda Rousey, maybe? Yeah, or is Charlotte. Yeah. So if they leave Charlotte, in, if they get the belt onto Asuka by WrestleMania. Which seems likely. Which seems likely. And then you have Charlotte and Ronda. Let, let's just presume that Ronda, after at least... I'm pretty sure it's going to be Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that after WrestleMania, if you've got Asuka as Raw Women's Champ and you've got you know Charlotte prob- probably dropping the belt to Ronda, I would think. Well, the other thing is you have Carmella with the briefcase still. Of you can you can take the brief the championship out for the Ronda yeah. and Charlotte match pretty easily. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. That's a really good point, Pete. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, you could have Ronda come out, like, talk shit to Charlotte, like, lay her out or something, then Carmella cashes in, and then you have... Then I don't know what they do with Carmella with the title, but... I would love a brand change for Carmella, and she brings the briefcase with her, and she is Asuka's first loss. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get some good heel heat for that one. Or have James Ellsworth cash in, even better. I'm surprised he didn't show up at... Uh, he was on something I was watching recently, I forget. He James Ellsworth is wrestling Jerry Lawler this weekend in Memphis. At oh Indian yeah, yeah. I was it was just some random independent show that he, him and Hornswoggle were the two main attractions. Oh my I was God. like, that's interesting. Um shoot, I had one more thing to to Oh. Just I we didn't talk about this on the Rumble, but how crazy is it that the two Royal Rumble winners and like main event matches at Mania are both Japanese superstars who don't speak English well? Like, would, did you ever think we would see this? Like, in a Vince McMahon think, company. It's it's awesome. Like, um, is it, let's, let's ask a question here. Do you think it's bad that we got uh, Japanese citizens working here on visas as um, WrestleMania main eventers before we got um, uh, people of uh, color within this country? So, a... Uh... Well, Naomi didn't Naomi win the championship at uh But in terms of Rumble winners, I don't think I mean you have The Rock, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's kind of ridiculous that at this point in 2018, you still rarely have, you know, a black mid-carder like Big E. Right. 
I mean, uh, main eventer, not mid card. So here's my only point, Pete, is that it can be all great that it's it's Shinsuke and it's Asuka. I think Shinsuke and AJ will probably open the show. Um, I don't know. It's not going on last. Uh, no, I don't think it'll go on last, but it could be like a uh, 10 o'clock match. I feel like they sometimes they break those out. We have like that, like 10, and then like a cool down match, and then like Brock against uh, Roman or Roman. something. Yeah. Well, we're assuming it's Roman and not Apollo Crews. <laughs> if it's Apollo Crews, all this talk about, you know, not having minorities in the main event, and they just shoot Apollo Crews right to the main event of WrestleMania. Maybe they will. I don't think so, but. Never know. Uh, all right, so a couple more things I have here on Raw. Uh, they had a tag title match. The bar retained against Reigns and Rollins. So they had Jordan uh, with an injury angle. Um, I believe he is truly hurt, though, from what I've heard. Yeah, I, I think he's like off of house shows altogether, and he's only appearing on TV. Yeah, so the, the angle kind of sent him home, so I wonder if he's to be off for a bit. Um, but the finish here came when Jordan got involved, um, kind of started John with the bar. He They attacked him, then he fought back, and it ended up in DQ. So Jordan inadvertently causes them to not gain the titles back. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole, huh? I love it, man. I hope he's yeah, not off TV great. too long with an injury. So, oh, well, this is a very really good example of like you using a uh, using an injury in storyline, right? Yeah, I mean it's worked out very well. It's it's funny because sometimes when a guy gets injured, they just you know forget about you completely, like uh, TM sixty one or the revival. In this case, they found a way. I mean, it must just be, all be about time frame type thing. If it's over a certain number of days, they're like, nope, we're not going to write around it. And yeah. If it's under that number of days, they like, you know, lock 10 writers in a room for a weekend with no food and no water. And they're like, figure something out, pal. Goddamn. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we close the uh, Raw out with the main event. Uh, three-way between Braun, Cena, and Elias, the winner, would get the last... Um, come out last in the Elimination Chamber, so it'll be the sixth entrant. And uh, Elias got the win here. Braun took out Cena with a power slam. Elias threw Braun out of the ring. Then Elias got the pin. Then post-match, Braun hit about ten running power slams on the two of them. A really strange finish to, to Raw. Like, not in terms of the match. I thought the match was really good. Um, enjoyable stuff for three guys who probably haven't worked together all that much. Yep. Um... Did you feel like they, like, forgot to shut off the feed and we were, like, watching, like, the dark segment? They sh- they turned off his music. Right. And he was just standing there and he was, like, gesturing, like, something. Dude, he was doing the fucking Hulk ear to the crowd, trying to get the crowd into it. Yeah, it was odd. brother him up. It definitely you know felt what? like they were supposed to cut the feed, like, three minutes before they actually went off. And then they just, just kept having him slam people. You know, I was talking about this with one of my buddies at work, I think, and I was like, why is it... That Raw runs after 11 every week. Like, no matter what. It's always like... Yeah, you got like 10, 15 minutes, yeah. Right. SmackDown ends at fucking 9.59 and 59 seconds, no matter what. It is weird. They're both live shows. Who the fuck gives a shit if Chris Lee starts 15 minutes late on a Tuesday night? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that would be one thing. When they went to three hours, okay, we're going to three. We're not going to 3.15. like Right. Or 3.16. You're not against Nitro either, where, like, you always knew Nitro Nitro never had overruns. Yeah. The fucking famous Tony Schiavone tape machines are rolling. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind if it was, like, once in a while, like, you had a hot angle and you just ran, like, a few minutes late. Because you're like, oh, well, the show's going to end. Oh, shit, it's not ending. Like, because you can kind of, yeah, I don't know. It would make it feel special. Like, when, during the late 90s, when Raw would be live one week and taped for the next week. Mm -hmm. Like, on the live weeks, you knew it might run late. You knew there might be an overrun. You knew you might get Austin in the ring for like an extra fucking two minutes. And then Silk Stockings would come on. Or La Femme Nikita. Or La Femme Nikita. <laughs> um, Someone had a great Silk Stockings sign at the uh, Manhattan it Center. It was the throwback raw, right? Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of throwbacks, we, yeah. did, we did a little uh, network viewing this week. You went throwback. I went with a current show. Um, so you, you can start. Uh, you, what did you uh, check out this week? They did add some new stuff to the network uh, this past week. Yeah, so week. they've added – they've done a huge dump of old WWF Coliseum videos from the 1980s. Um, and at the advice of one of our uh, friends, a Mr. Wolf, uh, I took a look at from the Pulp first Fiction? one. 
Yeah. The okay. wolf. Yeah. He brought me a bar of soap once. <laughs> he thought it could cure me. <laughs> he said to wash myself very much. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's these Coliseum videos and it's all like goofy shit. It's like, I said to my coworker, Mike today, I was like, this is basically like the original botchamania. What I watched, it was a video from 1985 called bloopers, bleeps and body slams. <laughs> and it starts out with gorilla monsoon. Just picture like 1985 gorilla monsoon, like had hair, mm-hmm. wasn't wearing the like dark, the tinted out glasses. Like he's just like, no, Gino Barella. Yeah. The shoe band, and it's him, um, just like cutting a promo for the beginning of a video, like a best of wrestling video, mm-hmm. and he just keeps fucking up over and over. It's like beyond funny, um, but the funny shit on this episode that I watched was really like, so it was sort of like just like a smattering of stuff from from I guess from 1984 into 85. So that would have been what leading up to WrestleMania between WrestleMania's two and three, I think. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, you know, you picture the guys that are in, it's like Andre, Don Morocco, Hogan, Tony Atlas, Paul Orndorff, um, not Butch Reed. Fuck. What was the guy's name? Adrian Adonis. Like Mm -hmm. these, these are the kind of characters that are involved here at this point. This might have even been pre-WrestleMania, if we're being honest. I think I think WrestleMania was '85. So I just pulled I just pulled this up. Um, so the new classic content. So you, the, the first one is the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams from April of '85. It yeah. goes all the way up till there's a '93 invasion of the body slammers. But it's like funniest moments, best matches, best champions, best villains, those sort of things. It looks cool. Yeah. How long was the show? It was an hour and fifteen minutes long. Gotcha. And, yes, to answer your question, I did not watch all of SmackDown this week, and I chose to watch this instead. Sounds about right. I mean, SmackDown, is, we'll get to it, but it's not great. We'll get to that. But let me just give you a couple of highlights. Um, they show a they show footage from a house show match where Iron, Iron Mike Sharp was uh, wrestling a job guy, and um, he accidentally pulled the job guy's toupee off mid-match. Oh, no. Uh, they show a video of Tiger Chun Lee trying to break bricks. Uh, with no success, <laughs> and uh, Vince McMahon, who was the interviewer at the time, is dying laughing, trying to <laughs> st- trying to not break character, and you feel like Freddie Blassie is like needle like elbowing him like behind the behind the camera, just like yeah, yeah, you see, look at this fucking guy, he break the fucking bricks. Um, Tony Atlas and Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff do a uh, pose down, uh, like a you know bodybuilding pose down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I believe they filmed it at the – it must have been some sort of soundstage or something because it looks exactly like where the opening of Seinfeld was filmed. Like the stand-up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when they, like there was a couple of seasons where they would have Jerry doing like two minutes of stand-up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that. Um, there's visible back knee on both men. <laughs> Uh, just saying, probably no wellness program. Yeah. Uh, an interview between Vince and the Iron Sheik. Um Iron Sheik is trying to focus on the interview. He's trying to shit talk Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, I forgot to point out that the Iron Sheik has an, a shoot camel with him. <laughs> um, Vince keeps trying to th- to literally get the Iron Sheik to break character by insulting the camel's breath uh, by saying that he has big lips. Wait, who's saying that? Vince. Why? Like, like Vince is like a fucking prankster here. He's the announcer. Nothing. Dude, he's taking nothing seriously. He's just fucking around the whole time. Come on, it's great. Vince. Um, Vince, uh, during, I think it was a Tuesday Night Titans episode, interviewed uh, Kamala and Freddie Blassie, and Kamala uh, tries to take a live chicken out of a cage and eat it. Uh, let's see what else. They have uh, Love Advice um, on Tuesday Night Titans where viewers would write in with questions about their sex life. Were they uh, shoot well, questions or work questions? They appeared to be working questions because a 60-year-old virgin woman wrote in asking Vince and uh, Freddie Blassie who would be the best wrestler for her to learn the ways of a man from. And their suggestions were uh, Sergeant Slaughter uh, and the Tonga Kid. Interesting. Um, Lou Albano gave some sex advice. Uh, he says that all these women who are writing and complaining about their sex life are probably fat and don't use deodorant or shave their legs. Was he a heel at this time? Or he just... Yeah. Okay. Huge heel. Huge heel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the Samoans, the Samoans did a cooking segment where they were uh, filleting fish. Uh, Lord, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. Lord Alfred Hayes. I got confused with P.S. Michael P.S. Hayes. Different person. Um, Lord Alfred Hayes uh, vomited into a bucket. Ben fucking must have loved that. Oh yeah, dude, it was great. Uh, Salvatore Palomo made pizza with Vince. <laughs> he was a job. He was a job guy from the eighties. Um, so during this segment, Vince and Lord Alfred Hayes are like mixing like flour and make, making dough. And Lord Alfred Hayes gets his face covered in, in flour, and Vince looks at him and he says, <laughs> "He's like, Hayes, you've got powder all under your nose. Not the first time I've seen you like that." Jesus Christ, dude, it's ridiculous. Wow. Uh, mean Gene, Gene does a walking tour of New York City with Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch. Um, <laughs> they go to a hot dog cart and uh, Mean Gene stiffs the, the vendor. <laughs> <laughs> they run into like a couple of guys who look like fucking crackhead Bob from Howard Stern. It's, dude, it's beyond funny. I, I I'll can't have to check tell you how out. funny it was. Even if you don't watch another Coliseum video ever again, this one is funny enough just on its own. I'll have to uh, look at it. It looks. It, it looks. Fantastic. It sounds enjoyable. I mean, it was not a wasted hour of TV. Yeah. So I, I just checked out a twenty-minute uh, episode of photo shoot with Eric Bischoff. So I probably mentioned it on here before, but essentially, it's you take a uh, a personality and they just show a bunch of random photos from their career, um, and then they kind of give their perspective on, on that at the time. Um, they had one of Big, Big Dick Johnson. Uh, Sticking his junk in the face of Eric Bischoff. And you know Vince somewhere is laughing uproariously <laughs> that this is brought up to Eric Bischoff. Bischoff no-sold it for a while. And he's like, what is this? Was Big T. Johnson part of the, the uh, huge erection and that, that, that phase? No, this, he was one of the writers um, in WWE. And he would just get oiled up and come out in like a little Speedo thing. And just, oh, I remember and just rub his junk in, in people's faces. Um but Bischoff's like, yeah, when I came over, I knew I'd be getting stuff like this. But Vince would take it, too. He'd get stink faces and all that. So he's like, oh, if the boss would do it, I would do it. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, the boss ever let anyone else go into a tanning booth? <laughs> oh, boy. That was a rib from – was that the rib from the other week? Uh, it was a rib from about six years ago that somebody seemingly had squashed by a Republican attorney general in the state of Florida. Oh, no. Now I know what you're talking about. First, I thought it was the Cody Rhodes story. Nope, not the Cody story. No. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was, it's a it's a fun 20 minutes to, I mean, you get some kind of, you know, back uh, information on things. It's not, like, the best thing, but Did I, they do the picture it. of Eric Bischoff coming down from the ceiling on a motorcycle? Uh, they did not have that one. They had him with, like, the stupid smile on his face. Um they showed um, stuff of him just reaming out uh, – what was the guy? The, the referee. Um, like Patrick? No, the one with like, the curly hair looks like Kenny Powers. Uh, Randy Anderson. Yeah, they showed that. They showed him like doing the whole Tonight Show thing. They're talking about how, oh, people say it was bad for business, but they never had more publicity than when they had Leno on and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know that uh, Cena was the one too. He gave him like an F5 – or an FU at the time before he was sent to the trash by Vince McMahon. Sent to the trash. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the uh, they had the the court scene where um, uh, Bischoff's lawyer was the coach and uh, Foley right. was the prosecutor and Chris Masters was the bailiff and Vince was the judge. Obviously, did you know that Chris Masters is back in TNA again? Is he? What's his uh, name on there? Chris Adonis. Oh. <laughs> Can I tell you something? It, what? It looks like. He, he looks like he's been off the juice for about a decade, and it doesn't look like he's much of an Adonis. I'm sure that uh, Triple H would point that out on Raw. Jesus. He did, dude. No, man. All right. Well, let's go to SmackDown. You have uh, something to share. All right. So, uh, Grant, I have – I think if we went back, if we took a uh, – little ride in the Wayback Machine, Pete. A year ago, we would have been raving about how fucking great SmackDown was, right? It was, yeah. It was the A-Show. It was the A-Show. Well, we're going to get to the real A-Show in a few minutes. <laughs> um, but SmackDown has just gone to utter shit. I think the majority of the wrestling audience would, would feel. Um, so today, on Twitter, 
Shane McMahon put out a tweet that said, an unexpected end to uh, SmackDown Live with a triple threat match made for, for Fastlane. And I'm going to make it a bit more interesting. Next week, Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. The winner will be added to the match and makes it a fatal four-way for the WWE title. Huzzah. Okay. Say what? I said huzzah. Huzzah. Yeah, exactly. Popcorn fart. Um, so there's a wrestling writer I understand is this man's uh, shoot occupation, but he wrote down he wrote out this sort of takedown of this this tweet and everything that's going on with SmackDown, and I, I feel like it's I feel like we're obliged to share this just because I've never read anything more on point. All right. So, well, let's let's hear it. Who's this from? All right. So this is from at Will Pruitt on on the Twitter box. I like that we're shot. Should, should I at him that we talked about him on our podcast? Yeah, you should. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Here we go. Uh, man, Road Dog is truly the worst head writer in wrestling history. SmackDown has a great roster, but is a horrid television show to watch. Com- compare SmackDown to Raw in the second half of 2017. Raw was the longer and more challenging show to write, but it outperformed SmackDown almost week- weekly. Aside from the Vince McMahon and Shane Owens confront and Kevin Owens confrontation and Styles' title win, what has been memorable on SmackDown? They have a stacked women's division and have yet to tell a real story with it. We agree up to this point? Yep. SmackDown wasted a ton of time on an awkward, illogical Dolph Ziggler story for Ziggler to return in the Rumble for no reason and get eliminated almost instantly. <laughs> Charlotte Flair, praised as the biggest star to jump to, uh, to SmackDown during the shakeup of last year, has done virtually nothing despite being champion. I'm pretty sure Charlotte is capable of being in compelling stories, but hasn't been used. R- riot Squad all the time. Right. Just like nonstop Riot Squad interference and dirty finishes to matches. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn reuniting should have been a slam dunk. They're two of the most engaging wrestlers in the world. SmackDown's storytelling has led me to stop caring. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> so pretty much we agree with this, right? Uh, 100%. I mean... I don't know Sorry. when this started. I think they they've been focusing more on this Brian and Shane stuff um, since since like SummerSlam. Yeah, and I I think you know they used to make a point that oh we're not going to focus on the authority figures. We're going to focus on the the superstars. You know, Raw would always yeah. have you know Stephanie or Hunter come out and just eat up you know twenty thirty minutes of every show. And now it's the exact opposite. Angle is on maybe a segment a show, not too much, and Brian and Shane are taking up like a quarter of the show. I agree. So let's just go to this guy's conclusion. I know Road Dog hasn't had to write an original promo for himself since 1997, but he could at least step step aside and let someone write good stories for the wrestlers stuck on SmackDown. Raw is finding a way for me to care about Apollo Crews, which is a total surprise. While SmackDown wastes the best babyface in WWE, Becky Lynch, I'm baffled. WWE has Raw, NXT, and even 205 Live at good places. I guess SmackDown is just being sacrificed so we all have something to bitch about. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe it makes all the shows look better by comparison. I don't think that – I mean, this is a for-profit business. I don't think that they would do that on purpose. For the I don't know why. Maybe it's just the size of the roster. But everything feels stale. It feels like everything's just been done already. Yeah. I mean, I think – can I tell you what I think the problem is? Sure. Daniel Bryan doesn't give a fuck. He mails everything the fuck in every week. Like, his promos are awful. His segments are terrible. It looks like he just doesn't give a shit in the world. Yeah. I mean, they should bring back Talking Smack. That was great. Right. At least he was engaged then, and, like, he seemed to, to care. He's, dude, he just doesn't, like, he's totally going through the motions. Yeah. Just play out the rest of this contract. Then go probably, you know, ruin what little brain power he has left. Oh. They um they made a point to talk about how they won't let him wrestle in that promo. Do you think that means anything or no? I think they're keeping like I, I think that they're just trying to like keep it open so that they can be flexible down the road if they need to be. Or if they can be. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever wrestling again. Well they've had Shane wrestle at every big show recently and I don't know what else you would do with him at this point. Yeah. I mean you have him face like Ziggler or something? Yeah, I have no idea. Ugh. I mean, I don't think the roster need. I don't think WrestleMania needs Shane. Like, I agree. 
But alas, that's where we fucking are with SmackDown at this point. Yeah. But thank you at Will Pruitt. But we have a top ten now. Stupidest thing ever. Fucking so the 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 theor- the whatever the the premise behind it is that the the superstars will vote the GMs and uh, commissioners will not vote this isn't like a fan vote and the superstars will vote on their top ten like power rankings I guess of like who's in the best I don't even understand who deserves the most opportunity but like all the top guys are like champions so like what opportunity yeah. are they gonna get um, I feel like they shouldn't have the Nakamura, champions on Nakamura there. Is, and Nakamura is guaranteed a main event re- match at WrestleMania. So his opportunity is in a pretty good spot. He probably don't need to waste votes on him. Yeah. So here's the top ten. Ten is Ty Dillinger. Oh, no shit. Really? Well, so weird. Uh, Randy Orton, nine. Uh, Becky Lynch, eight. Uso, seven. New Day, six. Bobby Roode, five. Naomi, four. Shinsuke Nakamura, three. Charlotte, two. AJ Styles, one. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. This is a waste. It seems completely arbitrary. I feel like they should just do a top five for like men, women, and tag. Be like, here are the top five contenders. You have Nakamura, and then you can whatever list a few other guys. But like, this is just all in one thing. Like, what makes like the New Day higher than the Usos? Uso, the New Day doesn't have any pro- a program going. Right. Do you remember when we were kids and WWF Magazine was a thing? Yep. Did they was it WWF magazine or like Pro Wrestling Illustrated where they used to put out like worked um number one contender rankings? Like contender rankings. Um, I don't know. I know P- PWI does their big thing. Yeah, that's like a top five hundred like on how you did for the year. Yeah. But this was like every month when the, the monthly you know, magazine would come out, they would list who the champion was on a given day. They would list who the number one contender was, and they would essentially do like a power ranking after that for the men for the heavyweight championship, for the IC belt, for the tag belt. Was this like the old ones or like Attitude Era? Yeah, no, this is like before that. This is like early '90s. This is how I remember. Like we would make my parents buy those every once in a while, and that's like how I learned that the NWA or WCW even existed. So Gutty Wolf got me a WF magazine from 1990 that I'm now paging through. To see if I can find this in here. Dude, look if it, like, I feel like it was on, like, the back page. Um, not, right. ba- not backpage.com page. They have uh, any eight CDs or 12 cassettes for one penny. A sound investment. I can get a Richard Marks CD or a New Kids on the Block CD. Richard Marks sings St. Elmo's Fire? Uh, no. I forget who that is. It's good. That's a good karaoke song. Yeah. Um, shoot, I forget who sings that. Um, they, the genius beat Hulk Hogan? What? <laughs> I don't know. They said shocker here. Jesus. Um, I don't know, it's probably, it's probably like, are... it's probably like, uh, like by count out or something, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Damn, yo, this is excellent. Yo, we should get a bunch of these and review them on the, uh, there's a WF right. trivia. Um, you can buy some merch here. They got a Hulk rules beach towel. I like that. This is pretty I'm fantastic. Be, I'm going to be on the beach in Fort Lauderdale next week. You think I should get a Hulk Rules beach towel? Do they still have that uh, Hulk uh, like beach bar or whatever down there somewhere in Florida? It's in Tampa. Uh, yeah. Do you think I should get the towel that I used when we were in Virginia Beach like 10 years ago? No, I don't think you should. <laughs> it was the cheapest one in the store, man. It was being frugal. Exclusive preview of the Royal Rumble. This is great, man. Um, I'm yet to see this. I'm almost at the end. Uh, they have Mr. Like, Perfect playing golf with the genius. It's better, what's better, him playing golf with the genius or him throwing a pass to himself on a football field? Uh, him throwing a pass himself is the best. Um, I don't see it in here. So okay, so I'm it not must sure. have been like the PWI like, or one of those other yeah. you know, non, uh, non-company-issued magazines type deal. There's a great picture of Hulk Hogan meeting Gene Hackman. <laughs> like Crimson Tide Gene Hackman? Yeah. I like that. It was uh, at the Los Angeles Sports Arena before a recent match. 1990. Nope, that wouldn't have been WrestleMania. WrestleMania 7. That would have been WrestleMania 5 or 6. Probably 6. Hogan says Gene Hackman's a real quality person. Jesus. Um, all right, maybe, maybe I can do a review of one of these magazines at some point. Yeah, Pete, let me tell you something. Uh, I did fall asleep on the air last week, so listening to you read a magazine is not a... Uh, no, not read it. A, just give a review. 
Is it an old report or a new report? New report. New report? Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So back to back to SmackDown. All right. Thanks, Sweeney. Get us back there. All right. So we had the top ten. We also had a U.S. title match. Uh, Bobby Roode retained here over Rusev. Um, I guess they're still going for Rusev as a heel a little bit with the pre-match promo, which I thought was weird. Um, but Rude retains pretty comp- competitive match between these two. I did not see it. Okay. Uh, the main event was Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens against each other in a number one contender match. Um, why have a, a, a finish though when you can have a double DQ where AJ attacks them both? There's now a triple threat match set for Backlash, but was modified by Shane to a four way, uh, which we talked about previously. So we'll have AJ versus Zayn versus Owens versus the winner of Ziggler and Corbin. My expectation is Styles retains. Yeah, I, I'm, <clears throat> I agree with you on that. This is so fucking stupid. I agree. Like, it's, it's... They totally botched the end of this Owens and Zayn thing. Totally botched it. Yeah, it was good for a while, and now it's just like, ugh. They totally rushed the, the end of it. This should have lasted until fucking SummerSlam. Yeah. We'll see There's where no it goes. Not to. Just so they didn't win. So God, God forbid they didn't win the fucking world championship. It's at the Royal Rumble. Put the two of them against Rude. Put the two of them as a fucking tag team. Take the goddamn tag team belts off the fucking Usos. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who the hell the Usos are going to feud with after the the Bludgeon Brothers. I have no idea. Is that a Mania match? Bludgeon Brothers against Usos. Oh, oh, oh. There's rumor and innuendo out there that Luke Harper is being heavily recruited by New Japan. Really? I don't... Like, I think he's a good wrestler, but I don't think he's that good. Uh, I think he's good. I think the gimmick is the shits. He had a couple of really good matches last spring. Yeah. When uh, Orton and Bray were leading up to their match. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in, like, a main event on SmackDown. I feel like... I don't remember what the, what the split was, but it was, like, him and Cena against... Orton and Bray right, or yeah. something like that. Uh, they, they had some matches with the Usos back, Harper and Rowan did, and they were really good. Um, so I think the match could be good. The gimmick is just fucking stupid. They carry fucking giant hammers to the ring. Yeah, it's really dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb, mate. And I have done some dumb shit in my life. I know dumb. <laughs> Nigel, do you want to uh, talk about 205 Live this week? I would love to. All right, well, you start off with that, and we'll talk about mix. I watched Mixed Match. I didn't see 205 Live, so let's... The floor is yours for 205. Uh, 205 Live, Peter, is the new fucking A show of WWE. I don't believe that, but okay. I'm telling you, dude, the last two weeks have been fantastic. This week, we started out the program with Lince Dorado against Kelly Stowe. And while me me, uh, broadcast partner Vic uh, decided to bring up good lucha things during (laughs) Kalisto's entrance... There was a botch later in the match. Oh, of course there was. Uh, Kalisto tried to hit a reverse Frankensteiner on Lindsay Dorado and almost murdered him. <laughs> but the rest of the match was really good. A lot of catches, catch can wrestling, some good high flying, some topes, a couple of tough rope maneuvers. All in all, Nigel gives it a 3.5 out of 5 blood tests. <laughs> uh Moving on, okay. um, our next match was Hideo Itami against uh, Roderick Strong. Yeah, I can confidently say if this match had been on a takeover, you people would be blowing it. <laughs> How was the uh, crowd reaction to uh, Roderick? The, I feel like the crowd was um, moderately muted. They sat on their hands a little bit at the beginning of the match, um, but I feel like they sort of came around towards the end. Well, they are coming down from that hot mix match. Challenge match. That's true. This is true. The 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 challenge. The the trouble with this is they should film this shit before SmackDown. They should film this shit in full sale. They should do something different, man. Because the, the they were both really really good matches. Like I don't say that. I, I feel like I have a discerning eye, and I'm pretty critical. Considering I've you know, if I fell out of my chair right now, I would have a hurt hip. So I don't say this is someone who's taken a bump or knows what they're talking about. But I feel like we can be pretty critical of because we've watched, watched a lot of wrestling. Um, and this, but both of these matches were really good. I think it was maybe Hideo Itami's best match since he's been in, in the, the WWE family. 
I'm not trying to be. I'm trying to think. I feel like he had one that was good. Was it with Ono that was pretty good? I don't remember. Oh, I mean, he's had cool moments, like the time where he came out in the suit and hit fucking Austin Aries with the GTS. Yep. After his injury. Like, he's had cool moments. The time he hit the GTS in that match against Breeze in San Jose um, before WrestleMania 31, I guess. Maybe. He was in that yeah. uh, Andre Battle Royal one of those years. Right. Like, he's had a couple of cool moments here and there. This was the, you know, front to back, I think the best match he's had by far. It was really fucking entertaining. Really good all around. Um, and then he, we announced, they announced a couple of matches for next week. I can't remember who he's facing, but they announced that Mark Andrews from the uh, UK tournament mm-hmm. uh, will be on 205 Live next week. That guy was really good. I saw him live in person. Uh, at a progress wrestling show in Somerville, Massachusetts. Really small, very small, little high flyer guy, but he's good. And then uh, we have Tony Nice versus Drew Gulak. Oh, this is like your dream match. I know. Yes, I'm standing at full attention, if you know what I mean. Do you think the crowd will be asleep? It, it, Peter, Peter, it means I'm erect. I know, I, I was no selling it. Um, do you think the crowd will be able to make it to that without falling asleep? Uh, as long as there's not five Divas matches on SmackDown beforehand, they should still have some energy left. Does it infuriate you that pretty much, um, just a random women's match will get a, a higher crowd reaction than, uh, Roderick Strong against Atami? No, it doesn't bother me. It's like, you know how, like, you want to be the guy who heard of the band first, or the guy who's, you know, heard of the new cool TV show first? The like guy the who went to the NEW show first and, and knew yeah. about Manscaped? Well, Because I feel like it's a, always a random tag or six-man match, and you get, like, nothing out of it. Yeah, I mean, it was the, – the good thing that they did that maybe helped a little bit on on TV, at least, was they showed um, – you remember the video that they did for Roderick Strong on NXT where they – it was, like, a fucking seven-and-a-half-minute long video? Yeah, and then they split up across two shows, too. Yeah, so they cut that down probably to, like, two-and-a-half minutes. Um, but they did, like, that video for him – when they talked about that Mark Andrews was going to be on next week, they did a video for him. So they're working on the characters a lot. They're doing those sort of selfie promo videos backstage. Before with the, the word, the with the word which, text. Yeah. I mean, for fucking Tazawa, it's great because he goes, when I win the cruiserweight championship, you're fired. And he like walks up to a random intern backstage. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to add this back into the rotation. Cause, it's cause not, I, because it's not, it's not enough having fucking six hours of wrestling. Let's make it seven. I mean, I'm at the point where I'm almost done with I basically watch the main event of SmackDown every week, and that's about it at this point. Dude, Rusev Day. Yeah, I mean, I can get that on Rusev's Instagram. That's true. Or Total Divas. Uh, I'm good. Uh, all right, and a uh, mixed match challenge. We had Naomi and Jimmy? Jay Uso? Jay. <laughs> Jay against Goldust and Mandy Rose. A lot of comedy in this one. Yeah, a lot of comedy. Um, Goldust stopping the match to ask for powder midway through was pretty good. Yeah, that he was he was old and he needed a break. It was pretty good. I mean, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a pretty. I mean, they, this is like. So I went to a house show in December. All, these matches have felt very house showish, where it's just a lot looser. There's more interaction with the crowd. And just more fun, I guess, is the word. Yes, absolutely. So, 
I, I've enjoyed the matches. This one I didn't really have high hopes for, um, but it was. It, I thought it was well done. And um, Naomi and uh, Jay won this one. I don't know. if I forget who they're facing next, but I know that they, they're like feuding with Lana and Rusev over who's the best married couple is. Yeah. Lana well. is the best. Lana number one. Yes. <laughs> she was she was breaking boards on Rusev's Instagram this week. Was she? Yes. I wouldn't mind them making making a run. I forget who they're facing. In a training bra. Or not a training bra. Oh god, I don't know. That's the wrong the sports bra. Um You can edit that out in post. Christ. Please mark that one down. Um well she in total diva she was like breaking wood in like a bikini. And then that yeah, that's what spurred it. on like the naked Rusev in the next episode. Oh, God. They should have a spinoff show with just them two. I'd watch that over the fucking Total Bellas or the Miz and Marie show. Miz and Marie show, can, I can't imagine this to be very good. They're not very they, exciting. They talked about that on fucking WWE's uh, stockholder call today. Really? They were like, yeah, we got an 11 run episode, 11 runs, 11 episode quick run of the series this summer. Should be great for our numbers. What? Yeah, I feel like Lana and Rusev are the are the best part of total them, and then a close second to Natalia and her family. Her family is so nuts that like it makes me feel like so normal. They had a, a previous episode where they had Natty's friends had to drive Daniel and Bree across country, and they were like just creepy people driving an RV. I don't like that. So one of them was afraid of mountains. What? <laughs> so she was lying down in the back of the RV because she was afraid of mountains. Jeez. And like half the, the drive was like from like San Diego to Washington. Half of it's like through mountains. She's like, yeah. I fear mountains. <laughs> That's a very strange fear. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. So, um, yeah. you want to uh, take this home? Maybe, with her? maybe she had a maybe she had a Me Too incident with Paul Bunyan. I don't know. Like, it was very strange. It was like a, a girl and her mother, and the mother was afraid of mountains. That's awful. Yeah. Do you want to uh, close this out with a rib? Yeah. All right. So here's a, um, as always, an Owen Hart story. Uh, Ahmed Johnson was in his first WrestleMania, which was WrestleMania 12. Uh, he was in his hotel room uh, when he got a call from someone at the Jay Leno show asking for him to be on as a guest. Uh, Ahmed went out and spent $4,000 on a suit and chain, uh, got p- quote-unquote pimped out head to toe. Uh, he was waiting in the lobby for a limo um, that he thought was supposed to be there at 8 p.m. Uh, Davy Boy Smith walked outside and asked him where he was going. Well, so what Davy Boy finds out where Ahmed's off to, he gets mad that Ahmed got the opportunity and he hadn't. You know, obviously Davy Boy put him with the company forever, etc. So it gets past, you know, 8 o'clock or so, and Owen looks at Ahmed and walks through, walks through the lobby and says to Ahmed, I thought your limo was coming in at 8. Ahmed says, yeah, I thought so too, but it must be late. Ahmed realizes he never told Owen what time the limo was. <laughs> Ahmed realizes he was pranked by Owen. And he looks over the corner and sees Owen and Davy Boy fucking dying laughing and Bret Hart fell into a fucking set of bushes he was laughing <laughs> 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 fucking guy gets a goddamn suit made can you imagine if they had like a real HR department for these sort of things it's so funny it's so funny some of the shit they used to do some of the, like I mean you can return a suit as long as it's not a custom suit right yeah. like that could be solved yeah I mean Taking a shit in your toilet. Here's another one that they used to do. <laughs> Ahmed said that Owen and Davey would get a key to your hotel room, shit in your toilet, leave it in there, and turn up the heat. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they would, like, blast the heat in a fucking hotel room so it really stunk. <laughs> oh, Man. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. All right. So uh, that'll do it for this week. We're going to uh, take a powder next week, but we'll be back the following week for um, an Elimination Chamber preview. Uh, we're both traveling. I'm going to Vegas. You're going to... Florida. Florida. The Sunshine going State. Hit, going down to hit the Florida Territory, brother. What uh, What city? Fort Lauderdale. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a, it's a family trip, so it won't be too much, you know, hijinks. It'll be more 
try to catch up on some sleep and read a book. Is brother Matt going? Nope, this is a wifey side of the family nice. trip. Should well, be good, though. Taking the li- Nothing beats traveling on a plane for three hours with a two-year-old, right? <laughs> doesn't sound great. That is why you give him an iPad and some headphones. Uh, make sure you wear a lot of sunscreen. I'm going to queue up like some shoot video, like Cornette shooting on Russo, and let, let my kid watch those for the whole flight down on YouTube. <laughs> And we'll see what if his vocabulary has improved by the time we get to Florida. Uh, are those un, uncensored? God damn! <laughs> you should uh, order some uh, WF magazines off eBay to read on the plane ride. Not a terrible idea. <laughs> Not a terrible idea. Maybe I could just download them onto my Kindle. That would make it easy. Uh, I don't know, man. There's, there's, I don't, I can't imagine there's, it's in that format. Someone had to like probably upload it. Yeah, we'll make it work. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it through this week without falling asleep. I think this was a good episode this week. There was some humor. There was some legitimate information passed out. We did a little. We tried to switch up the format a little bit to keep things a little livelier. Well, we didn't have a Um, pay-per-view, which usually takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Good job, Pete. I'm proud of us. I also didn't have any alcohol today, which is... And I got six and a half hours of sleep last night. Yeah, and so, I had a cup of coffee while we were sitting here. So it was right. good. So it's a good one. Uh, well, my computer battery is about to die. So, All right. Uh, my hepatitis good. medicine's wearing off. I need to go get some. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll be back here in a couple weeks. Um, Till then, everybody stay safe out there. Yes. And send me your CVS cards as I need extra bucks to afford me medication. <laughs>